Welcome to Get Off Our Lawn, the CF Masters Podcast, Episode 4. This time, we're talking with Freddie Camacho. Freddie is about as OG CrossFit as a person can get. He was at the ranch in 07 when the games were held there. He's been at every iteration of the games except 2013 as a participant or a coach. And this year, 2019, he was a volunteer on the medical staff. And we go into that a little bit. You may have heard of his wife, China Cho, who is a multi-times games athlete who won the team event this year. Freddie's perspective of being the spouse of an elite athlete is almost as interesting as being an elite athlete himself, and the man is an elite athlete. But I think I screwed this one up a little bit, to be honest. For as OG as Freddie is, I didn't ask him any of the obvious questions. You know, how'd you find CrossFit? When did you start CrossFit? How the hell did you find CrossFit before the internet even existed? Because he's been in the game a long time. Sometimes the questions you write up beforehand are spot on, and sometimes it's best to just let two friends who clearly respect the hell out of each other, yet fight hard, tell each other stories. This time it's about telling the stories, and Freddie and Billy have a million of them. Hey, Angela, what'd you think about this episode? When I first heard that you guys were going to be interviewing Freddie, I thought, wow, this is going to be a total bro sesh. And I wasn't wrong. It was absolutely a bro sesh. But let me tell you, a bro sesh of 55-year-old men talking about CrossFit and training and the games and their competitive spirit and what it takes to get there and do they still have it or do they even give a fuck is entirely different than a bro sesh with, I don't know, 35-year-old hungry guys, I guess. Anyway, um, you're going to quite like this entire episode. Pearls of wisdom are dropped everywhere, as is the F-bomb. So Billy and Freddie and Ron, guys were great. Enjoy our conversation with CrossFit OG, Masters Games athlete, and China Joe's bag bitch, Freddie Camacho. So, Freddie, am I supposed to skip the first 15 minutes? Probably. Interview? Yeah, you should. You should watch from the shadows. <laughs> Do we get to talk about the whole, the Goodson, the Goodson incident? The, 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 the incident that changed the rules of the game? We have to. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was, it was a, it set a precedent. <laughs> How can you guys not talk about that? Right? Like, God, it was so funny. I'm sure there's a thousand people that want to know what it means it just it never gets old it never gets old it does <laughs> it does <laughs> no you get old <laughs> you get old billy but Goodson, it uh, never gets I, old. I, well we'll wait but i'm just feel like blessed that that wasn't a rule at the time because i would have been done i uh, know thank god right we're not gonna wait why would we wait Freddie, what does it mean to Goodson something? <laughs> I always give Billy uh, shit because in 2016, was that 16, right? Right. Yeah, it was hot as fuck on the stadium floor, and it was the first event that California – it was at the California Sandwich? California Cal- Club, California yes. Club, I just call it the California Sandwich. And Billy's, Billy had a, a bum hamstring, I believe, and it opened up with – Six reps at 365 deadlift. 385. 385. Oh, damn. I got all six of those without uh, unbroken, Billy. Where were you? Uh, oh, that's right. Billy was in the shade watching because he sat out that workout. So I always just laugh because we, I call it, I call it, you good sit in. He skipped the first workout 
and he still fucking beat me. <laughs> I was I was sitting on the three eighty five uh, watching you guys. Not, I, that's there. not the way I recollect it. The way I recollect it is you were sipping a bottle of water, standing in the tunnel in the shade, and that's the way I'm going to remember it. I don't really care how it happened, but that's the way I'm going to remember it. Well, actually, you're right. After like five minutes, I and the, you know, after I stopped and sat down, the uh, medical staff came over and. I said, well, I guess you, I, it was sciatica is what it was. Uh -huh. And I said, well, do I have to stay out here in the sun? And they were like, no, no, you can come back here. So I did go back into the shade and have a bottle of water. <laughs> Good for you, man. You guys did awesome. I mean, that, that, I was not sitting in the shade wishing, man, I wish I was out there doing that. Depends when you were looking at Billy, if whether or not you caught him in the tunnel looking at and drinking a bottle of water or if you caught him actually sitting on the weight i never i never saw him in the weights i only saw him in the i wasn't looking at the weights i was trying to lift my own weights you know what i mean i just remember glancing over and seeing him in the tunnel and i was goddamn miserable i was not prepared for those games that year and uh i and my performance showed it so it was a rough year that year and it was so damn hot during that california club sandwich whatever the hell it was i remember like trying to like curl up in a little ball in the shade of the rig and there was no shade uh, i was just not it was not pleasant i had actually asked before the workout started not that it would have mattered because to be honest i could not have moved that weight but i did attempt it about three times but i had asked beforehand if there was a minimum work requirement and they said there wasn't so i was like well i guess i'll go out here <laughs> and give it a yeah. give it a pull. didn't they change the rule during the weekend they were like, after that workout, very well, man. Yeah, I think they did. Like, yeah, by Saturday, they're like, no, there's a minimum work requirement on, on every workout after that. It was, it was kind of funny. They changed it on the fly. But what really pissed Freddie off is I sat over there on the weights and then went in the shade. And after the second workout, he and I were tied. Because <laughs> <laughs> yep. I remember him coming off like a bastard. <laughs> that was, that was, and, and after that first workout, everybody was like, man, I'm I'm dying. I was like, I, I feel pretty good, guys. I mean, I'm <laughs> and, there, and thus, Goodson, it was born. Yep. Well, that's how it happened. So how do you guys actually know each other? From the games. That's where we actually met. I never met Billy before that. I mean, actually, we haven't, even, we haven't even seen each other since then, right? No, because I was at the – I was in Madison, but you were – you were busy toting bags, yeah, and I never got to right. see you, I don't think. I've been, to, I've been to the games as an athlete, as a medical now, as a coach, and as a bag bitch. I ran the full gamut. Freddie was, and I, I mean, I, I think I said this in that original interview, but man, Freddie was, was my hero when I was first in CrossFit in 2010. Um, he probably don't remember, but I would Facebook message him pretty often and ask him questions, and he was always very, very open and uh, willing to help when I would ask him questions. Then he met me and he was really let down. <laughs> no, actually, what I remember vividly from 2015 is that I was a nervous wreck and you were just walking around having a good time. And I was like, how can he be that relaxed? <laughs> Always smoking and joking. Always smoking and joking. Speaking of that, Angela wants to know what it's like to be China's bag bitch. Actually, it's uh, a lot more work than you would think, man. It's a, it's a high-maintenance job. I'm going to have to run my own seminar so people can do it right. What's it entail? You got to get her food. You got to carry gear. What, what's it entail to support someone at that level? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's exactly that. I mean, just all on that. I'm not her coach. Everyone's all like, oh, you're her coach. I'm like, no, man. Like, she never would listen to me in the middle of workout. Matter of fact, there's, there's videos of her you can see her in the games where Someone's like, yeah, she's looking at you and shaking her head. I was like, no, she's looking at me and, and telling me no and turning around and looking at her coach on the other side of the arena and saying yes to him, even though I, we both said the same thing. So 
Um, it's more of just like a, just the support system, right? And it just doesn't go with the games or at during the games. It's everything leading up to the games, and and uh, it's it's um it's a stressful thing for an athlete, especially like when regionals was around. You know what I mean? That was just really stressful, and I'm there for the highs and there for the lows, and and uh, it's funny when she like will have like a just be mentally like done and like crying in the middle of a workout or or yelling or throwing something in the middle of the workout and classes going on at the gym and everyone just looks at me like they should we go say something I'm like nah leave her alone she's fine she, we're okay uh, but that's pretty much it not anything really special about it that's the funny part is I mean this is this thing's about you but part of you is is this you know you're kind of affiliated with her uh, for for, for mm-hmm. better for worse as they tend to say how is it different being the man and yet the support crew tends to actually do just as damn much work as the athlete does, if not more. Mm-hmm. Do you get a rush when she kicks ass? Is it a different feeling? Is it similar to being an athlete yourself? How's that work for you over the years? God, when China does great, it's like, it's like the most amazing feeling for me, just being her husband and because I love her so much, you know what I mean? And we've just been through so much. Like, so we got together in, you know, 2010, her first year making the games. And that was awesome. She'd only been doing CrossFit for like nine months. And then there was all that heartbreak from 2011, 2012, 2013, you know, where she was just like either tied or like one or two points out of making it back to the games. And then, you know, she made it to the games in 2014. And then everything that she's done since then, I'm just like, just know, I know because I just see the work and I live with her and she's basically a full-time athlete. And then she handles a lot of the stuff at the affiliate, but you know, that's her job. So I know how much she works. I see her work. I see her, you know, we plan our whole lives around what she does and all of her work and her working out. And like, when we go on vacation, it's like, what gym are we going to be at every day? And so when she does great, it's just like all that work. You see somebody work that hard. And then when they do good, it's just like, it's amazing. It's like an amazing feeling. I know she feels ecstatic and it's just a, just a good of a high for me when she does well. Where are you at, Freddie? I mean, you've been, yeah, I want to get into how does the ranch compare to Carson compare to, cause you've been around for a fuck time <laughs> and you're still, you're still doing it. You're still fit. Um, are you going back to the games? Is, is it done for you? Where, where are you at mentally on the, on the whole competition thing? I doubt that I'm going to go back to the games. I mean, man, I just don't enjoy the pain cave that much anymore. I'm really enjoying cycling. I'm doing mayhem master stuff. Now I'm picking and choosing my pieces from there because pretty much everything that we do on the mayhem masters is China's. They've already done it. Like Rich and them have already done it and China's done it. So it's good for me because she knows where I'm at and oh, I think you should scale it to this or that. And man, even the man master said, I'm scaling the shit out of it. So I, I, I just, the, the reason why I don't think I compete again and, and I would, but I think that now with it being down to 10 athletes, like you basically got to be able to give it not a full-time effort. Cause there's plenty of guys that are making the games that have jobs, but a lot more effort than I'm willing to give it right now. They're that I have the time to do at this point in my life. And so I just don't, I'm going to do the open. Obviously I'm going to try hard and try and make the top 200, but will I make the games again at 10? I don't know, man. I would have to not have a job and only be at the affiliate all day doing that. So probably not making the games ever again, which is a shame. I was at the first one. I was at the 10th one and I would, would have liked to have competed in the fifth one, but 15th one, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. 
and I'm, I'm cool with that. Tell me if you agree with this, Frank, in that, um, number one, it, it has become where you almost have to be full-time. I mean, you can work, but you're going to – I mean, what I did is I looked back on 15 and 16, the two years that I made it, and for me, I think – and I'll be honest, I think you're a little better physical athlete. Than, but I look back on those two years, and my whole life was around training. And I look back at now I'm 55, and I'm like, man, that's two years of your life. I mean, I'm glad I did it, but you did nothing else for five, two whole years. And when you get 55, you start thinking about how many do you have. And, and, I, am, and I agree with you in that it's not that, that I couldn't make it, but I don't want to bad enough, you know? Yeah, exactly. My feeling. My feeling is that it's a, it's, a, it's a time thing, right? And just like, and I, like I said, I'm not going to lie, man. I just like really, really just don't like going to the pain cave anymore. I just, it's not enjoyable to me. Right. Not that I think it was ever enjoyable, but like that feeling of accomplishment after you like PR freaking Fran or something like that. It's just like, eh, it's, it's not as exciting anymore, I guess I would say. So, and what's awesome is that there's so many, like I like about like, anybody in CrossFit, but including a lot of masters who are new and doing it new, it's like, that's still new for them and fresh for them and good for you, man. It's, that's freaking cool. Enjoy it. Like, you know, hopefully, it's, I know people, like, it's funny, Becca Voigt, she's like, still freaking loves it. After yeah. all these freaking years, I was talking to her at Madison and she's like, I still love going there. I still love it. And I'm like, good for you. You know what I mean? That, that's cool. But not my jam. Not my jam right now. That's what impresses me, I think, more than anything, is people that can just reload year after year, especially, I mean, granted, we're old and we have to deal with what comes with that. But those individuals that, I mean, how do you do that year after? I mean, you live with it. Yeah. I just don't know how you mentally do that. Funny when I like China, literally like leading up to the games, uh, I would say she had didn't have a day off of training for like six months, right up to the day the game started. They trained like the day before the game started, you know, the team did. So like literally every day, whether it's an active recovery, which her active recovery is like a workout for most fucking people. You know what I mean? So literally she never yeah. takes days off. Even now, even in the off season, like, like, okay, we traveled the, the other day and she took that day off. You know what I mean? So, but they just started up their training again this week. Like Rich is now, this is what we're doing. And they're back in hardcore. But then she had like, when did the games end? You know, August. So she had time to like do her own thing. And she was basically programming exactly like Rich program, like, and just killing herself again. I was like, Oh my God, how do you fucking do that? Like all these years. And she's still ready, still feeling good. And doesn't have any plans on quitting anytime soon. So. Well, one thing about uh, just to say something about what you said about the pain cave, I think it hit me last year during the open. I had had knee surgery a couple years before so I, last year was the first year I felt like I was halfway back to some kind of shape. But I'll remember being in a workout and looking at a clock and knowing what I needed to do. Okay, you need to do this set unbroken if you want to get the time you need. And I, just, I remember in my brain, it just went, nah. <laughs> you know, it's just not that. You know, you know what's kind of funny is uh, I actually kind of checked out of hardcore CrossFit a month before the 2016 games. I, uh, I was doing hyperfit at the time and, and I just freaking was like done. And I, I, uh, Doug Chapman who runs hyperfit. I, I called him. I was like, Hey bro, I'm, I'm uh, not, I don't want to call myself a hyperfit athlete cause I don't know how good I'm going to do at the game. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place right now in my training. 
I, uh, I'm just not feeling it. And he's like, all right, well, I'll keep you on the programming and, and, uh, and, you know, in case you change your mind, you're just going through a phase right now. And, and fuck, I just have not been the same since then. I've not had the same attitude about my training. I've been all over the place over the last three years of training, trying this, trying that. And so I just, I know the exact time that it happened for me. And that was all the way back in 2016. What the hell does that mean though? Because most people would physically look at you. I mean, you're ripped, you're still in shape, you're over 50 and look freaking awesome. But if you say that I've checked out, does that mean you, you still work out, but it's not with that intensity level or you're still on the nutrition thing or what, what's that mean that you've kind of checked out? Yeah, I'm just not, like, I think what we were talking about, it's not like going hardcore at it and going to that pain cave all the time. And I'm doing a workout. I mean, I got to work out. I don't want my wife to dump me, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, I'm just trying to stay in shape and stay young. You know what I mean? Like, I think that if, uh, you exercise regularly and you stay on that regimen, it just makes everything in life easier and makes you healthier. My goal is to like try and live as long as I can without having to get on any medications or get on any, have any no surgeries. I've never had any major surgeries or joint problems or, you know, anything like that. And I think it's attributed to, I've been working out since I was 13 years old. You know what I mean? It's 41 years. There's no reason. I'm not going to stop ever doing that. I just not. I just don't have that competitive thing in CrossFit. I really want to race bikes now, but I'm not hardcore into the CrossFit competitive side. I did do a competition, you know, the NorCal Classic was fun, but I'm just competing for fun, you know, out there smoking and joking and having a good time. What you just said kind of trips me out because now you were police officer. You're a retired police officer, right? Yeah, retired in October. Still working. I'm at work right now, but um, not a. Okay. I gotcha. Still, still working. Every cop that I know has tweaked themselves at some point. And it's kind of amazing to me to hear that you didn't do that. I mean, most of them have had months on, on, uh, what, what the hell you call it? I can't think of the name, but you know, light duty or whatever. And so you got through, you got through a career without jacking yourself up? Never. Nah. Uh, well, I mean like one, I had to, I got, had to take off half a shift when I went, over my handlebars on my motorcycle and sprain my wrist. But uh, other than that, nah, man, I never had any, uh, I've never, I've never had any serious issues. I've had like aches and pains, like some of the things you, you read about that people post about on the master's thing, but I've always been involved in sports and athletics that involve some amount of pain. So it's just like, you kind of like, ah, that's, that's nothing. It's going to go away. Or, you know what I mean? Like when I get injured or have some kind of injury that I know, I laugh, would laugh about guys at work. I'm all, really, you're fucking going to be off work three months for that? I'm, I'm back in the gym the next day. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a, if I tear my pec or something like that or a partial tear of my pec or I go into the gym the next day, make a long list of everything that I can do and, and what I can't do, and then all my training will, will be around what I can do for the next three, four, five weeks, however long it takes for that to heal up. But nothing that I've ever, never been, I've just been fortunate. never, like, broken a leg or blown out of knee or I just lucky, I guess. I don't know. That's a little surprising to me because I figured for sure you had some kind of injury that affected your overhead squat. <laughs> no, nah, bro. That's like the Camacho technique of overhead squat is, is only for, <laughs> only for the faint, you know, not, not for, it's only for a few people because it takes such an amount of physical prowess to do it. So most people can't. <laughs> 
I don't know how you can hold the bar over head. That's crazy. I mean, I. Oh God, I hate overhead squats. Freddie, do you think that? Uh, I mean, can can the talent pool in the Masters? I mean, I, I guess this is a silly question, but can it continue to improve in depth every year? I mean, I know when I made it in 2015, it was nothing in my brain. Making the top 200 was nothing. Yeah, I mean, that was a you can check in. Now that is mm-hmm. not true. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, no, I know it absolutely why and why I know that is because I go to Disneyland and there still aren't a lot of CrossFitters there. So that's always my gauge. When I see just a shit ton of CrossFitters at Disneyland, I'm like, oh, fuck, we're about saturated, right? But we're not. There's still people discovering CrossFit every (laughs) fucking day. And I'll tell you that anytime I would go to a – even all the way back in 2011, I go to the freaking games and ask somebody, hey, how long have you been doing CrossFit? And they're all like, oh, I've been doing CrossFit for like a year. And you're like – or uh, that's what I do now at competitions. How long have you been doing CrossFit? Oh, I've been doing it for two years. I'm all, yeah, you're still fucking hungry. You know what I mean? So those are the guys I always would watch out for. And sure shit, they always do really well because they were just still fucking killing themselves every day. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like the guys that have been around six, seven, eight years, you're like, oh, I'll probably give that guy a run for his money. But that new guy, hungry as fuck. And, and that's awesome. You know what I mean? I remember when I was there, like, that's cool. So, yeah, I do think that the talent pool is going to continue to grow and it'll just continually be harder and harder to qualify for the games. And maybe at some point, do they have their own Masters event? Like, there's, I think there's plenty of local competitions now where they that suffice for that. But the games itself will, if they keep the Masters in teams, will be the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I wonder about that. I guess everybody does. If they, I think if they do end up eliminating it, somebody's going to pick that as a dedicated, which that would suck. Being at the games is just fun. Even if CrossFit eliminates the game, somebody's going to pick it up. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with, right. you know, Glassman, the way he wants to turn around. He's pretty very much anti-competition now, it seems to me. So, which nothing for, like, I don't have anything against Greg. Greg is awesome. And I've always been a great guy with me and we get along really well. And however he wants to take his company, I'm totally cool with that. It's funny, I'm on these affiliate groups and, they get angry about it or whatever, or where the direction CrossFit is going. And I'm all like, what's that got to do with you and your affiliate? You run your affiliate the way you want. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, I found out, that, you know, I'm in, I'm in my second affiliate. And my first one, I ran a totally different way. I'm a partner. I owned the first one. But the first one, I tried to uh, to run a gym off of athletes. I mean, you know, competitive athlete. And, and and I found out really quick that there wasn't enough of them out of there to pay the bills. In my case, right, yeah. you know, that might be different in other places. But now, our gym now is refocused onto everyone, not just, you know, my gym did great in the open. Oh, yeah. That's where it's at. We did, we've never, it's funny, between China and I, we've been at every single game since 2000. It's the only games that we missed where one of us wasn't competing was 2013. And, uh, uh, and would you would think with that background and that pedigree, like like the games and competitive or having like a competitor's class and all that would always be a big thing for us. It's never, ever been a thing for us. We never talk about competition or doing it. If somebody wants to do a comp, great. We'll support them, but we don't have any special classes. We don't do any special coaching. That's just It's just never been our jam. Our thing is all about functional fitness for everyday people. Well, that's that's awesome. That's what that's what we do, and I think that's the the, the successful yeah, way to do it. But uh, yeah, my goal this year, this I mean, you, I can't. In 2015, I could have never imagined this, and you're probably not. You may be there, but 
this is my first year. Yeah, you're in the 55 this year, right? Yeah, I'm still 54, but I'll be in the 55 when the Open starts in two weeks. <laughs> right. And, and my thing is, my goal this year is to make top 200. I don't really have any. I don't have any. I don't. I don't think I can make top 10 because, as you said, I just don't want it hard bad enough. But making the top 200 would be cool just to do it. Everybody talk that I've talked to though that's gone from 50 to 54 to 55 talks about how you have to change it up. It's a lot more cardiovascular because the weights are lower. So you're actually doing even a lot more work. So I, I don't know. I don't, actually, I really don't care if I make the 200 or not. So, I mean, I'd always try, but if I don't, I'm not, I don't really, I don't really give a shit. Dale had me had some, had me doing some nine foot wall balls last week. And although they're easier, they suck more because you have to do more unbroken. I mean, you know, and I, and I yeah. believe, yeah, when you get exactly. 55, you got the strength isn't important. You got to be more of a rabbit, which totally doesn't work into my game at all. You know, <laughs> did, did you have a movement difference on that movement difference on a nine foot wall ball? It's, it's only a foot, but the, the, the flow is going to be a little bit different in my mind in terms of, oh, shit, the ball's coming faster. I mean, was it a little bit weird getting used to that? Or is it like, yeah, this is just freaking great. I don't have to throw this thing as far. What I found out when I did them the other day was that, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier throw but there's a lot more volume. I mean, you, you've got to do bigger sets because it's easier. And what you catch yourself doing is not using your legs because the throw's so easy that you don't even think about driving out of the bottom. And then after you get 100 in, it's like, you know, maybe I ought to try and use my legs a little bit. But uh, it's different. I mean, but yeah, you got just, it's just going to be a lot bigger sets of everything, I think. I'm not fired up about all that. I haven't tried... Yeah, I haven't tried anything that's game scanner. I mean, Dell just texted me yesterday and was all like, yeah, handstand push-ups is a five-inch riser. And I'm like, oh, what? I'm all like, I'll probably break my neck on a five-inch riser, not realizing that it's there. And be like, that sounds horrible. I remember, like, they, they, uh, the year 2015 with the GHD yeah, that had that fucking pad there. And I fucking kept whacking my head on that thing. And I was too. like, God damn, what is that? That was the craziest <laughs> thing. I mean, the guys that did good on that one yeah. set their butt up right on top of it instead of behind it, you know, because you didn't have to go down. Yeah, that messed me all up. Yeah. Messed me all up. So, I don't know. I'll worry about the standards when the Open happens. I'm not really super excited about the Open, so. I never, I never am though. It's crazy that it's here in two weeks though. I mean, I know, right? Yeah, really bizarre. So to spin you in a different direction, Freddie, man, the whole affiliate thing. Mm -hmm. You, you were with One World. You're with Good for You now. Why open up another box? Do you need to? Do you want to? What's the, what's the point of having your own affiliate? Uh, just yeah, like currently, like I finally, this is my first affiliate where I'm having a partner. So this is actually my third affiliate. I was a. Uh, I had One World Martial Arts, and then I opened up the CrossFit affiliate within that with my other business partners. Um, so I always had business partners there. And then when I bought out of that gym, my China and I, our goal is to open our own affiliate, but we weren't quite ready to do it at that when I bought out. So we bought in at CrossFit of Fremont, and then which we, we always knew was going to be a pitch stop. And now we have Good For You CrossFit. Now, I'm going to be quite honest with you, and I've talked about this on podcasts and and in affiliate groups that I'm in, uh, we're recreational CrossFit owners. I could give a flying fuck if my CrossFit makes a, a dollar profit. Um, as long as it pays for itself, it's a place where China and I work out. And it's nice because we get to be real picky about who we let into the extension of our garage gym. So we have a great crew of about 100 and, 108, 110 members right now. And uh, 
it's just gelling. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's a, it's a nice thing where you don't have to worry about making money. Like you get to like just kind of flow of things and, and nothing ever stresses you out or worries you. So that's a cool thing. I mean, I have a job and I make a really decent living and China does her thing. So the affiliates just where we train. You know what I mean? If I was wondering, like, I kind of want to move out of California in a couple of years when I finally do fully retire. And I'm wondering what we're going to do. We haven't really made up our mind. Are we going to keep open another affiliate where we train at? Or are we actually going to try and open a gym and make it a living? Or I don't know what we're going to do. So, but for now, it's good times. Good times and good for you, CrossFit. I personally think GFY stands for something else, but I could be completely wrong. <laughs> actually the funny story is we were approved for gfy crossfit my insurance is, was under gfy crossfit i had the urls i owned i had an email account and then we got into a trademark dispute with gf for gfy and um i just ended up changing the name to good for you but our original goal was we would never ever write or say or do anything that explained what gfy meant ever like, what's GFY mean? I don't know. Go get Freddie yoked. Yeah, good food, yo. You know what I mean? Like, get fit, yeah. You know, it was never going to say what it meant. Like, you can interpret it for yourself. So, and it just, we ended up just changing it to get for your CrossFit. It was just easier in the long run than going to court. If you're going to move out of this great state, which I don't quite understand, where are you going to go? Uh, somewhere where my retirement dollars will go a lot farther. Um, I don't know. I'm on looking at where uh, I think we're going to take a trip up to Reno because that's where um, Nick that owns Ice Age Mills. He lives up there. We've been up there before. Go check out, you know, Reno. Um, I've actually been kind of looking at Boise, Idaho a little bit. Just kind of, I don't know. I've got a couple of years. I'm signing a new lease for another three years at Good For You CrossFit. So we'll be there at least three years. I have a three-year option on top of that. But I think about three years, I'll have, I'll get, the, I'll have my, uh, I get my stock options here at Tesla. If shit doesn't get fucked up, and uh, we might bounce out of California. I've never lived anywhere but the San Francisco Bay Area in my entire life. But China's an uh, army brat, so she's lived all over. So her moving not a big deal. It would be a big deal for me, but I definitely think we're gonna get out of the Bay Area, so I, my money goes a little farther. Yeah, trust me. I've got a 14 and a 15 year old. Their college education is the equity in my house, so something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can just knock them off, bro, and then keep that money. <laughs> Put them up for adoption. <laughs> I kid you not, my neighbor across the street, he had three kids, and he said, oh, he saved a bunch of money. And the third one actually went to the uh, U.S. Military Academy, um, Annapolis. No, sorry, that's West Point. I'm, I'm a Navy guy, so I always think that. But and as soon as his kid got accepted, two brand new Mercedes appeared in his driveway. Because he's like, I don't have to pay. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for him. You know what? It's funny. Like, one of the things people always ask me, like, how do you manage to train for so long? And, and like, how do you work all day, go and work out, and then coach, and then do whatever you do when you get home at night? And, like, how do you do that? I'm like, I got no goddamn kids. Like, I have no kids. Like, it's, like, the greatest thing ever. And China doesn't want kids. And, I mean, she's only 32. Like she, she could want kids tomorrow. I'm like, nah, she doesn't want no kids. So I'm good. And if she has any kids now, it'll be her next husband's problem. I'll be dead. Yeah, that's been a secret to happiness for me. <laughs> so I noticed a couple, maybe a year or so ago, I don't know if it was on Instagram or Facebook, I saw you on a bike and talking about training and shit. And 
as an ex-cyclist, I'm like, what got you into the bike? You know, it's funny. Uh, so we kind of knew that biking was coming up in the games that year that they did the, um, not the, the crit, what do you call the other thing? Cyclocross. So we went out, like she bought, she bought a friend's bike. And then I had this, like, I got this like mountain bike and we and just riding. And I was all like, damn, this is cool. How come I never like rode a bike before? And then dude, once you get off of a, like a cheap bike and get onto a really good road bike, you're like, holy fuck, this is awesome. And I literally, I love it. I'm like, God, I wish I had discovered cycling when I was younger because, you know, when I was a lot more hungry and a lot more competitive, I think even as a big wide body that I am, I would have like done okay. Um, it's fun. I like the thrill of speed and moving and, and, uh, being on two wheels is always a good time. So I just, I love it. Like road, road biking is awesome. And, and quite honestly, I, I rode bike on the streets and I'll road bike during rush hour. I don't give a shit. Like there is kind of a thrill that knowing that any second you could get creamed by a car, not that I'm looking forward to that, but that's kind of a thrill too. So I'm just weird like that, I guess. So where are you riding at? I ride all over, all over Fremont, man. Like all over here. Like there's some like, they, I think that they're, it's pretty bike friendly with bike lanes and stuff like that. But then I ride up into like Palmeiras Canyon. And then um, this weekend, I think I want to try and ride. I rode up to Allen Rock, Allen Rock Park from Fremont and then cruise around all up there, wherever, anywhere I go. I just, I just want to put, I just put miles on. I just put miles on. That's all I want to do is put miles on. Are you a drive to a trailhead kind of guy or you just no. leave the house no, and I leave figure the house. out where to go? Yeah, I leave the house and just, just roll. And then always try and go, I know you have Strava, so it always tells you like how you did. Like I'm always trying to get those PRs and those little gold medals. Like I got, I was my third fastest on that piece right there. You know what I mean? Like constantly. And then when you see somebody on a bike ahead of you, you're like, gotta catch that guy and pass him. Like, that's just fucking weird like that. No, I, I absolutely love it. You got to get up Mount Ham. That's fun. Have you done any big rides around or have you done any of like the, you know, Terrabella centuries or anything like that? Is that even on your list? Now that most, the farthest I've gone is the, is 62 miles when I did the Napa Valley run last, uh, last September. But I was just talking to China this week. I'm like, man, I need to start putting some more miles on. I haven't ridden a, I haven't ridden a century yet. So I think that's my goal in the next couple of months before the winter rolls in. Um, is to try and roll out a hundred miles on my own just to see what it's like. So I'm sure it's going to be fun. Dude, I rode that 62 miler and I, I like did it in like three hours and six minutes or something like that. Like I was fucking motoing, but I'd never ridden 62 miles before. The most I had ridden was like 40. And I had no idea that you actually need to eat when you ride 62 miles. And, uh, I freaking died at the finish line. Like I cramped up. I was, I think at the last 10 miles, I was not having a good time. Um, so I learned a lot on that. So I know that when I hit a hundred, I'm going to have to, have to do it right. That's the funny part to me is coming from a endurance background. Cause I'm just long, tall and skinny. I, I envy you and Billy, your strength, your capability. What is it like going from CrossFit martial arts where your, your intensity is high, but your effort is maybe, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes, most workouts are less. What is that feeling when you cross the two hour mark as on a bike and you're like, oh, I got to, I got to get electrolytes. I got to drink. I got to pack food. How does that change your mindset? Yeah. Like I'm telling you, man, that 62 miles, the last 10 miles, I might've known all that. I never reached out to Henshaw afterwards. I'm all like, Hey man, I, I need to talk to you about this nutrition thing. When you do this endurance stuff, it's like, it was down. I mean, I still like, I think I did pretty good. My time was pretty good for like my level of, of cycling. So. 
I was pretty happy about it, but definitely learned some lessons on it. And I think that's one thing everyone I had to look at what they go from, from short to long, whereas you went from long to short. So the whole nutrition, it's a whole different game of nutrition and preparing, right? You definitely like, it's not like now where you're like, oh shit, I'm going to pound down a six pack of beer the night before and then go ride a hundred miles. I don't know if that would be a good idea. So. I have a lot to I have a lot to learn. So. What are you eating on the bike? I I don't. I rarely ever pack food when I go out. Right, I haven't ridden long enough to where I need to. But I think that definitely. Well, for that ride, they had they had rest stops and there was food there, and I would just ride to the rest stop and so man, I'm the first one here. I'm fucking going. I'll just take off. <laughs> I put some more sunblock on and just go. You know what I mean? Like like definitely, I would be carving up, eating a lot. You know, whatever they had there peanut butter sandwiches. They had all kinds of shit there. I just like rode right through it, right by it. So back to the early days, Freddie, one thing I, I it just popped in my mind and I wanted to mention it before is uh, I think the, the one reason that, that I kind of stuck with following you in the beginning is because I knew that what you said was, was legit because you were posting those videos. Every open workout you were posting, nobody had, was so when you said you did it, it, you did it, you know, how many years did you do that? Uh, I think just through 11 and 12, are we post, I mean, I've filmed, I've filmed every workout, every open workout, but during 11, where it's like, I was, I think that the big deal for me was like, man, I was like, I finished what, like second or something in the open. And then when the games rolled in in 2011, I, I ended up finishing like eighth or something like that. So I was like, fuck, I don't want people to think I'm, I'm a freaking open hero in game zero. You know what I mean? So after that, I just was like filming myself and posting them on the internet, like on YouTube or whatever. And just wanted to make sure that I was legit. If anybody had any questions about what I did. So it's kind of funny now people post videos and you know, I'm like, Holy shit. Did you even look at your video? <laughs> See what you did? <laughs> uh, you remember that? Uh, like there was this, like a year or two ago when I like kind of called out that guy on his, on his, uh, on his video and 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 like i wasn't like trying to be a dick or anything but i'm just like you know this is just what i'm talking about people not not looking at their video before they post them out for all the world to see and the guy actually reached out to me and was like and we talked and he actually came to my gym and visited like get a workout at my gym like dropped in like i was oh. like that was pretty fucking cool did he learn from it no absolutely like and and I even told him, I was like, bro, I don't really put this fault on you because you're in the middle of your fucking workout. You know, you know, you had people that are standing there and I don't know if they're your coaches or they're just judges or like, but they're letting you do that. You know what I mean? And there's like, they're not holding you to the standard of, you know, what the standard is. And granted, there's always like shit, like weird film angle and shit like that. But he was like, totally cool about it. You know what I mean? I'm like, if you look, if I looked at my video and I was like, oh, that looks like shit. I'm taking my score down and I'm not, I'm going to fucking, I'll post the video and go, wow, I did this work. I thought I curled it, but look, here's my video. I fucked it up. Always learn if, if you call yourself out, throw yourself under the bus, nobody can, nobody can talk shit about you or make fun of you. You've already made fun of yourself. So, um, put you, put you up above everyone on that. Um, but no, he was, he was like really cool about it, really receptive. And like I said, he came and visited and did a workout at the gym and he's like, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm that guy from the video. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> so do, do, does, um, do they have their schedule already for, for this year as far as what China, what they're going to do? I'm sure a lot of it pivots around how they do. Right. Oh yeah. 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 No, they get, he had it already planned out like right during practically during the games about what section sanctionals they're going to do. Um, and she'll, 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 she, uh, she's leaving October 5th 
So what she does, she goes to Tennessee for about eight to 10 days, once a month. Um, and then they've already planned out what sanctionals they're going to do. Based, Rich picked the sanctionals they want to do based on the programming that he liked. Um, there was definitely some ones he didn't like the program and they definitely won't do those ones. So yeah, they've got their, they've got it all kind of planned out already. Are there any others that are like Wadapalooza that have master's events? And if so, have you thought about doing one while she's there? No, I don't know. I'm sure there are that have like a, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that, I don't know if there are any doing any that have a master's event. They're definitely not doing Wadapalooza. No, no offense to the Wadapalooza people. They run a, they run a good event, but it's just, it's just too crazy. It's just too big, too many people, too many spectators. It's right. just like, I, they need a bigger venue and it would be a lot more pleasant, but they're definitely not going to that one. Um, nah, I don't, I don't ever think about like traveling to compete anymore. Not really. I mean, I had to travel to Sacramento to do the NorCal thing, but I haven't really thought about it. Maybe. Oh, well, I just felt like yeah. you were going to be there anyway. Well, anyway, I was just getting at if that happened. If you figure that if that gets to be a thing for you, let me know because it'd be cool to compete against each other. And I'm not going to compete with you at the games because I ain't going. So <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be. I'm on the medical team now, bro. <laughs> Are you an EMT, Freddie? Uh, no, I mean I got my. I have all my TCC and my TCT triple C or whatever. And then I have. It's funny. It's people. Are, what are you doing in the medical team? I'm like, oh, I actually have a lot of training. Um, but work. Uh, Tesla here is actually going to be putting me through EMT training. So I'll be in a certified EMT. So that's kind of cool. I'm assuming you took up a lot of medical training from your police officer days or? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And what do you do on the medical staff? What, what the hell is that all about? Um, it was cool. I got to work. I worked with Ron and Cameron on both. I did the medical staff at the games and then I was just on the medical staff for the, um, the ultimate Hawaiian trail run. So on the games, I was, uh, we were the, the quick response vehicle. So we just drove around a cart and went to the, and, you know, somebody had to go to the medical clinic, which this year had its own x-ray machine. So that was kind of cool. We basically picked them up, stabilized them, got them in the cart, took them to the medical thing. So went here and there. There's only one, I think there was one master's athlete that was, that, well, that one was a little scary because they're like, sure, uh, like her, all of her vitals were like kind of all over the place. And we had to rush her to the clinic and, uh, it's just an exhaustion and dehydration thing. But um, other than that, it was pretty low key. And then when I went to the Hawaiian trail run, I thought it was going to be more or less the same thing. Like we're just cruising around in a cart and plucking people off the mountain. And they're all, no, you're on the sweeper team. I'm like, what, what the, what the hell is the sweeper team? And it's like, Oh no, you got to walk the whole thing. I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> so we just walked the whole thing and just helped people along the way and got people to the cart that needed to get trucked out. And it was cool. It was good times. I actually like it. It's a lot of fun. I learn a lot, man. Do you even get to see China do workouts? Because if you're on the medical team, are you swamped with that? Actually, it was cool because I was on the quick response team. So they have all access to the, the entire game. It's the athlete warm-up area. You're at the access everywhere. So I'm not going to lie. It was the best seats in the house. I saw every single, every single team workout, like right front and center. So it was like, I'm not an ID. So if you, if you think about this, either China or I have competed at, all the games that I've ever attended. And last year was the first year where I wasn't her bag bitch. Um, we wanted her coach to be back in the back with her. Not, 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 not this year on the team, but her last year as an individual. And it was the first time that I, last year, that 2018 was the first time that I ever watched the CrossFit games and that I ever watched a regional from like the whole thing. 
in all the years that I've been involved in the game, the first time that I've ever like been a spectator and watched. And I was like, holy shit, this is really fucking cool. Because I never just sat down and watched the workout and just got to enjoy watching it and wow. not having to cool be stressed about out it. about it or anything like that, or just got to go around and be hanging out with everybody where all the spectators are and, and just, you know, I've always been like, oh man, China, like at the games, especially it's like, they're way away from everything. So you're like, oh, they're taking the athletes to the area now. You got to run all the way out there, get there, find somewhere where you can even see her working out. And then as soon as she's done running all the way back to the athlete area to take care of her afterwards and make sure she's got everything she needs or do this and do that. So I don't see shit. I don't see any other, other than watching it on, if it's streaming in the warm-up area, that's what, that's what I see. Like, but being there and watching it is like really actually cool. This is just a random thing, but I think you'd agree with me that the, the I'll tell you who has the tough job and, and that's the judges. I mean, those people with the amount of pressure that they have on them and the fact that most of them don't get much of a break. I mean, they do a heck of a job. Yeah. Yeah. I, got, I was being, involved, being on the volunteer side of it this year is like, you're just like, holy shit. The amount of manpower that it takes to run the CrossFit games and just how professionally it's done, especially behind the scenes. Like it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and yeah, hands off to the judges, man, especially the ones that have been doing it for a while. They're really good at what they do. Um, but that's a very, that's a very big, big stressful job. You fuck up. I mean, everyone's going to know you fucked up on the internet, on YouTube, on, so uh, yeah, fuck that. I'll stick to, I'll stick to carrying people <laughs> off the field when they pass out. You know what I mean? I like, Oh no, I'll pass on the judging thing. I, I don't know. I think I've covered, I've covered everything I can think of. You know, when you get my age, it's Billy, what else you want to yeah, ask? Yeah, what, what did we come to the conclusion that we're both yeah. old and washed up CrossFitters? <laughs> we're both old and give no shits yeah. anymore. Let me get it. <laughs> you can just like delete everything and cut to this part and be, hey, here's Freddie and Billy on the podcast. Get the fuck off our lawn or whatever we're calling it. And and here it is. Three, two, one, go. Hey, we're old and washed up CrossFitters. All right, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was just going to say, I, I, I think that um, you're a heck of an ambassador for the for this sport and not just for masters, but for people of all ages, because you have been doing it for so long and uh, and you've got a good attitude about it. And you seem to uh, worry a lot more about Freddie than you worry about what everybody else is doing. And if everybody did that, I think overall the sport would be a lot better. So that's that's just. My- yeah, I mean. I see, I see exactly what you're saying, but I mean, if you're going to be on the competitive side of it, you do kind of like have to like kind of look at what everyone else is doing too. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, what are they doing? How do they do that? You know what I mean? So on that side of it, yeah, it's just like competitiveness isn't the end all. That's one thing I wish they would do with the open. And I know it's been said, but I wish they wouldn't post the times until the deadline was over. You know? Yeah. I mean, I just think everybody's going to do everybody's going to do their best. And if you do your best, it doesn't matter that you see what other people did. I mean, I understand both sides of it because I thought I did good and then looked at the scores and went, yeah, I better do that again. <laughs> but it would, I think it would be cool. If, you know, it would be cool if you didn't have to see it till after the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, because I don't want to do it again. Everyone gets upset about the, you know, holding out the scores at the end. But I, you know, I think it's part of the game now. You know what I mean? It's just, this is what it is, the way that the open is. Yeah, but that does bring up another question, though. Are you one to redo a lot of workouts in the open? Um, I've only I've only redone a couple of open workouts. It's not my jam. One and done. Even when I did them hung over, 
No. Um, I was just like, nah, I don't want it. I don't want to do that again. Fuck it. One and done. Is that because when you were doing it, when you were doing it at peak, you, you just gave everything or yeah, you nah. just like, that's just the way it works. Absolutely. And I ain't going to lie to you. Like I don't fucking train super hard. I never have been a hardcore trainer like China. Like she can, she can do two sessions in a day and go balls to the wall on every single time that she is moving for a workout. And like, I'm just like, eh, that never has been my jam. I've always, always done better in competition and at the open than my training should have had me doing only because of her. Like, she, like she's my judge. She'll tell me, she'll like, Nope, you're going to go again in three, two, one, go. You know what I mean? Like constantly making me do what needed to be done. And it showed like, even when I was at the games, like the, the 15 and 16, when both of us were competing at the same time and, and like, I didn't have her there where I could see her and like, her telling me to go and like rest go rest go like yeah i was all over the fucking place but whenever she's there and has me doing what i need to do like i always do better than i actually should have done is it that she knows your capacity so let me spin this a little differently because billy talked about this and he looks at a workout not speaking for you billy but speaking for you and he analyzes where he can go and where he can stop i'm honestly I, i'm still ignorant of how to pace because barbells I've been doing CrossFit for nine years and I still just don't get it. Cause I'm such an endurance athlete. Just get on the bike, pedal the fucking bike, <laughs> you know? And, and if there's a hill, you go up the hill and I don't really grok the intensity side of things. So does it China knows you yeah. or she knows how to compete and she just, and you just listen to her cause you're afraid of her or what, yeah. what is that? How does she figure you out? No, nah, we, we both know that we both know it's always been that you can't, I always laugh about that. Like I remember one game, somebody was coaching their dad and, and I was like, Oh, what's your, or it wasn't even games. It might've been a competition. And I'm like, Oh, so what's your guys strategy for this workout? And she they looked at, she looked at me perplexed. Like, what do you talk strategy? It's crazy. She's like, it's CrossFit. Just go. And I thought, okay, well, good luck with that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like everywhere. I mean, we've been strategizing workout. I've been strategizing workouts since like 2008. You know what I mean? Like every workout. And that's what I tell people like now, even in just a regular class, you need to strategize your workout and you should be knowing learning CrossFit is about learning about yourself and your own capabilities. Right. So like, if I tell you like, Hey, this workout is, 30 wall balls, 20 burpees, and 10 chest-to-bar pull-ups, and you're going to do three rounds, you should already know, like, exactly how long that workout's going to take you. You know what I mean? Like, I know 30 wall balls are going to take me this because I'm going to break it up in 11, 9, 8, or however, you know, 11, 10, 9, however you're going to break it up. And you should know exactly how, like, when you're doing it longer, you know how long things are going to take you, right? And then, you know, all right, well, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to push that a little bit. I'm going to go past that 11 i'm gonna do 15 wall balls and then you're gonna find out hey wow i can do that or oh shit that was a fucking bad idea you know what i mean so i've been doing that since like 2008 i don't know like forever like we've both been doing that she just knows me and where she can push me and where she can't and exactly knows when i need to break and when i don't and uh it works for me i don't do that with her she knows what she's doing already for herself but for, her, for me i needed that from her i do the same thing freddie my only problem is that when I start breaking down a workout like that, I think I break it down in a way where I don't have to hurt much. <laughs> and and I, I think that in my mind, I'm like, listen, you almost hit, you hit your number. Like I, before the open workout, I'll know the reps. I'll be within five reps or I will be within 10 seconds of the time I thought I was going to be. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if you're doing that, you're probably not going quite as hard as you should. 
Because if you can hit that number every time, you probably have a little bit more, but I still don't do it. I just do what I do what I plan. But the problem is, and you, you can probably attest to this, if your goal for, I mean, it works this way for me. If my goal for this workout is 11 minutes, when I get to 11, mentally, I mean, I mean, you know, when I get to that number, mentally, I throttle back. You know, okay, I hit, I hit my score. Uh, I, I, just say not 11 minutes. That wasn't a good analogy. 250 reps. My goal was 250 reps in this eight-minute AMRAP. When I hit that, mentally, I check out a little. It's like, okay, you did it. Now, and I don't mean to do it, but mentally, I just start to coast a little. That's why I think I need to sometimes set my goal a little higher. It all depends on what you want out of your training now, right? I do that shit all the time now. I'm all like, I just want to stay under two minutes per round, right? And they're like, ah, shit, I'm a little bit ahead of schedule. I can throttle back a little bit. I'm like, cool. It doesn't bother me if anybody beats me in a workout anymore. Like, I'm not the best crossfitter at my gym by far anymore. Um, in the early years, you know, I was always the best guy at the gym, even being an older guy. And now I'm not, and it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Like, not at all. Well, that, and it probably doesn't bother you. It used to, I used to never scale. Oh, shit. Now dude. I'm like, whatever. You know, yeah. if y'all are going to, I'll scale in a minute. And guys, y'all, y'all tell you, knock yourself out. Yeah. You know? Like I said, I'm lucky now because everything that I'm doing in CrossFit China's already pretty much done that workout already. So it's like, hey, babe, how am I going to scale this morning? She's already got it all laid out for me. I'm like, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> so, Freddie, where could folks find you if they want to follow your life? Pretty, a pretty, uh, pretty big on Instagram. I mean, not, not big as a person, but I, I, I use Instagram a lot. So I'm at Freddie Camacho 65 and then Facebook, just Freddie Camacho. Um, I'm on Twitter. I think you can get into Twitter. I don't understand Twitter. It's such a fucking morass anyway. I'm just like stupid people making comments. So I've, I've never gotten into that thing. It's funny as I go and I have just recently started, I go to Twitter, I hit the little search button and then I go to trending and see what's trending. And then, and then I just Google whatever is trending and just read things then. But like, I just can't get into posting on Twitter. I tried, tried a couple of times, but Instagram is fun. Facebook is cool. Lots of shit always going on on Facebook. So, um, but other than that, uh, that's it for me, man. You always find me in Newark at the gym. I'm there every day, more or less. So come on by, come drop in. Good times. I'm going to fill the, fill the, fill the kegs back up and we're good. I was, I was going to say, do you, do you, do you allow drop-ins for CrossFit Masters admins? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. We'll have, we'll have a, we'll have a fun time. I, I, that, Billy, I don't think you understand it. Freddie's probably, I don't know, 12 miles away from me, but it's about a two hour commute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hour, so, uh, and our classes are during rush hour too. So it's like, it's so funny that you're in San Jose and I'll, I'll like, I'm so far away. <laughs> dude it's different it's different fucking uh, worlds i mean I'm only, I'm I'm only by levi's and i'm like i'd love to go over and I, I will someday just get my ass going but it's like it's a commitment yeah i'm actually like three blocks away from a border and i'm like ah fuck i don't think it's so far away <laughs> so freddie what else you want to tell us man was there anything that you wanted to share because you, you've been in this game for a long fucking time uh is there anything else you wanted to share that you wanted to hit on to, to tell people about? Nah, man, it's a uh, CrossFit is, it's just been a fucking great thing. And like, I think it, uh, keeps you healthy and it keeps you young and, and stick with it, man. There's a lot of people don't like, I know it is that hard. Just, Hey man, especially when you get older, just scale that shit back, make it fun again. On the main line. Cool. Billy, you got anything? No, man. I think I've, uh, I think I've praised Freddie enough for one day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Billy, I just want to say I really appreciate you not good sitting our uh, 
good for me in our interview. Like we got to talk right from the get go. You didn't skip out on the first fifteen. Oh, so, I thought about good it. Good job. It's a new you. It's a new you. It's a new you. <laughs> can you do handstand walks now, Freddie? Nah, nah, I mean I can. I can get through them. I did. Bag. I think I got like twenty feet at that competition in uh, Sacramento earlier this year. But I didn't. I don't practice them. Fuck it. Like I got. Sh- I got feet. What do I need to walk on my fucking hands for? <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed it, guys. I gotta I gotta bail out of here. No problem. But I think the title just became "I got feet." What do I have to fucking walk on my hands? <laughs> right. It's exactly exactly that. Put the shoes on your feet and walk that way. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, man. You guys take care of yourself. Uh, you too. See you later. Thanks, Freddie. All right, man. I'll talk to you guys later.